podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! Hello and welcome back. To another episode of the Elim Road podcast. If you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast this week, in which we picked apart yet another famous day at Stamford Bridge, go do so now. That episode is live across all of our platforms. Today, though, I'm joined by Will Pugh from the We Are West Ham podcast, and we're going to be doing, doing a brief look ahead to our game against West Ham on Saturday. So, Will, thanks, mate, for coming on. Really appreciate you taking the time. Pleasure, Mike. Pleasure, Mike. Not a great time. Uh, to be coming on off the back of three straight defeats, Arsenal at home in the League Cup on Wednesday before Brentford. Um, yeah, it was also looking quite rosy at the beginning of the season, but uh, yeah, I'm a little bit apprehensive that we're in the middle of a uh, of a bit of a bleak run, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll get on to that, mate. I guess we'll, we'll start with the games you kind of just mentioned. Obviously, the last two not going the way you you wanted. What what went wrong against Olympiacos? What went wrong against Everton? Um, I was out in Greece for the Olympiakos game. I was so looking forward to it. It's you know it's such a sort of still a novelty for for West Ham fans being in Europe, and everything went wrong. Really, I mean that it all sort of stemmed from such a weak, weak lineup. David Moyes inexplicably started an awful, awful team. Made too many changes. Danny Ings up front is just a complete waste of space at West Ham. He doesn't fit the system. His confidence is on the floor. And he doesn't offer anything. He just doesn't fit into the way West Ham like or need to play. So that clipped our wings from the off, really. Fornells and Ben Rama haven't been playing too much. He played, they played in behind. Um, and that combined with, you know, one of those days you get every now and then where the players were reacting to everything. They, and nothing was proactive. It was just reactive all the time. Played right into Olympiakos' hands. And, and I've said on, on the podcast we recorded this morning, that we lost that game rather than Olympiakos winning it. And it's just set the tone for the week, really. It was just really, really poor. Like, I haven't seen it that bad for a, a long, long time uh, at West Ham. That was the exact same message I sent to my dad afterwards, which was, you know, haven't seen us play that terribly for ages. Yeah, there were so many different things, application, set up from the manager, team selection. But the team selection, it all stemmed from there, really, in my opinion. Um, yeah, just seemed devoid of a plan. Players didn't know what they were doing, and they sort of their body language showed they didn't particularly care. It didn't seem about the result either. And then that just sort of put loads of pressure on that Everton game. Then, if we'd have won that Olympiacos game, we'd have all but qualified from our group stage. It'd been three wins from three in the Europa League, and it would have been happy days and less pressure on the Everton game. But I feel like David Moyes bought it on himself a little bit and then yeah Everton again feel like we've been worked out a little bit people knowing to sort of press us in the wide positions which is where we stem a lot of our attacks from and it was terrible on on Sunday again at Everton I spent most of the the game catching up with my dad on on family matters and things outside of football because there was just no reason to to watch what was going on on the pitch at London Stadium so no a bit uncharacteristic um, from West Ham this season and West Ham under David Moyes, to be quite honest. But a couple of really, really bad performances with Arsenal, as I say, coming up in the League Cup and then the game against you. Oh, you know, oh, I sort of can't really see an immediate way out of the the mire for a while. Well, we'll, we'll look ahead to 
to the Brentford game, obviously on the weekend. But I, I want you to get like a kind of assessment on West Ham's start to the season because you kind of talked about it just then. Last last three games have been, last two games have been pretty poor. Um, and obviously you've got Arsenal in the cup and then us, and you don't have the best record against us. But how would you assess West Ham's start to the season? Because I mean, a few weeks in. And everyone was thinking, wow, West Ham are doing really well. Everyone before the start of the season were kind of thinking, right, you've got another competition to be to be playing in, more games. Don't know how it's going to be. You know, Moyes, there's this big kind of cloud with West Ham at Moyes, especially from looking out from the outside because it was so bad last season for, for a period of time, but you did so well in the Cup. So how, how would you assess the start to this season? Yeah, to be honest, mate, like, like I say, you've sort of caught me in the middle of a, of a poor run. But, um, and we've made this point on the podcast this week, is that holistically, if you think bigger picture, West Ham are still sort of above the, ahead of the trend curve. If you know, as all fans do at the beginning of the season, you look at all your games for the year or you look at them for the next month or whatever. If we'd have looked at the matches, the games we had for the first 10 games of the season, which is obviously what we've played now, uh, we've, we've won four, drawn two, lost four, 14 points, just one point. Uh, ahead of you guys and to be quite honest in in those games we've beaten Chelsea which fans wouldn't have expected to we beat Brighton away and we haven't beaten Brighton home or away in the league since 2013 it was like an embarrassingly rubbish record against them so there's two and they were playing well at the time there's two games six points we didn't expect to pick up losing away at Villa no disgrace in that the other defeats we've had were against Manchester City and Liverpool. So you expect those. We held Newcastle to a draw at home. So the Everton one was the first one which fell well below what you'd expect. So I would say that if you spoke to most West Ham fans at the beginning of the season and said you'd have 14 points after 10 games, that would have been more than almost all of them expected. So although it is a bit bleak at the moment and the Everton game is frustrating, We've also won two, lost one of our Europa League games. Two of those have been away at the two best teams in our group in Freiburg and Olympiakos. So actually, I would still say we're arguably, it's arguably been a very, very good start to the season. If you look bigger picture, it's just we're in, we're in the middle of the worst spell we've had so far in the league. So no, uh, all in all, mate, it's still a very much a positive. There was lots of talk. Um, I mean, we're slightly more pro Moyes on our podcast, but there was lots of talk among West Ham fans that David Moyes could have lost his job by the end of October with the teams that we've played so far. Um, not to you know, not to take too, not to be disrespectful, but the Everton game before we then play you was the sort of first start of a run where we play in some teams where we would hope to get some decent results again so no I would I would still say overall the, the start to the season on all fronts has been a positive one it's kind of similar with with Brentford and West Ham we, the only game we've played really terribly in all season is that home game against Everton and, and we lost yeah. 3-1 and it's, it's weird because obviously Everton everyone's kind of coming to the season thinking they're going to be right in amongst it but they do keep getting these results which is uh, which is strange How, what would you be happy with for West Ham this season because before the season, I feel like West Ham was one of the teams in the league where there was a lot of talk around them, maybe in contrast to previous years when there wasn't so much, obviously coming off the back of the Conference League win. What, what would you be happy with this season? Um, I, look, I'm, I absolutely love the European football. 
and you know the only sneers all of a sudden the last few years the Europa League's reputation has been revamped a bit I think and people are taking it a lot more seriously uh, than they ever have done and by that I mean perhaps it's sort of been guilty in the past of big teams playing in it and their fans don't want to be playing in it well that's not the case obviously when when West Ham were in it a couple of seasons ago the semi-final was West Ham Rangers Eintracht Frankfurt and RB Leipzig Leipzig obviously used to play in the Champions League a bit more but those other three teams it was like the most amazing amount of excitement around the competition huge numbers of fans going to away games um, and obviously the final West Ham were unlucky to lose out to Eintracht Frankfurt in the semis and then went on and won it uh, from my point of view the European football I've, I've, I've been supporting West Ham for sort of you know since I've was born really but 25 years that I've been going and this is the most I'm I'm enjoying watching West Ham recently more than I ever have probably because it's sustained success we've always had we've had odd flash in the pan good seasons but this is the first we're we're in Europe for the third season running when we got in it for the first time three seasons ago obviously we were you know, it was it was such a novel new thing. So from my perspective, I'm still, I know it's not how it works because of the financial rewards, but I still want us to focus on the Europa League. It's a great competition and it's brilliant um, for those us match-going fans of West Ham to see us do well in it. So I, with all cup competitions, I'm all, I always think it's silly for any fans to say, this is where we should be getting because as with any cup competition, you're at the behest of the draw. We've got Arsenal at home in the League Cup on Wednesday. We'll probably go out of that. That doesn't mean it's a bad, we've had a bad season because we went out in the first round or whatever that we were in. It's just we got a, a rough draw. Um, so I think the same with the Europa League. If we get through, you know, there's a chance we end up facing like Dortmund or PSG if Newcastle go through their group, one of them drops down. So as long as we give a good account of ourselves, get through the Europa League draw. Um, same in all the cups, as long as we don't go out in embarrassing fashion, if we go out to a good team, I don't mind that, as long as we play well in the in the meantime. And then the Premier League, it's a stronger league than it has been for the past couple of seasons. Villa look better than us. Brighton look about our level, perhaps a bit better. Um, and we're ninth at the moment. I think really, if we finish around about there again this season, it's not the end of the world, really. I think top 10 should be a minimum now for West Ham, the sort of club we are and we're trying to be. So, yeah, long answer there, mate. But I think uh, give a good account of ourselves as possible and don't go out of any of the cups in embarrassing or disgraceful fashion or to teams who you should be beating. And then, yeah, ninth or above in the Premier League would be a decent return, I think. And I think we're going to struggle to make it four seasons on the bounce in Europe. But I still think, that's okay. It's not the end of the world as long as we sort of give a good of account ourselves on the way. I think I can speak on behalf of all Brentford fans to say I'm extremely jealous of your your European exploits over the last three years. Um, we missed out on it last season on the last day. Well, I mean, we weren't really in it, but you know, we were kind of in it enough to be excited about it. So yeah. we're, all, we're all having these dreams and looking at your success in Europe and Brighton's, Brighton's group this year in the Europa League is, is mental. Uh, lots lots of, of noise around. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, Lots of noise around how well you use the money for for Declan Rice. How impressed have you been with the signings that have come in for for Declan? Yeah, and that's that's one of the things, mate. That you've sort of touched on it briefly. That 
about the attitude towards David Moyes at West Ham. I don't understand it. I really don't get it at all. I, I find the some of the noise that comes out of the West Ham fans, more so of the, the ones who've been watching West Ham for as long as I have, the ones who are my age and above, who are giving him loads of grief. I just don't understand it. We're signed, Our recruitment is better than it ever has been since I've been alive the last few seasons. We have bought phenomenally well. The striker thing is still hanging over our head. We shouldn't be playing Nicol Antonio up front uh, still. Danny Ng should be nowhere near our team. It didn't go well with Haller or Skamaka. Um, that is a, a problem that's been, honestly, holding the club back. I know we've done so well the last couple of years, but we could have done even better with a proper striker. Other than that, though, you mentioned the Declan Rice money. It was the right time for him to leave. He left in great fashion. We got an excellent amount of money for him. And once again, we, we've bought really well. James Ward-Prowse, I sort of had a bit of egg on my face. I didn't think he was going to do anything special. Um, I thought he wasn't really going to fit. I didn't think he'd be physical enough or defensive enough. He's been a sensation. Set pieces are great, but on away from that, he's been great. Um, Alvarez looks really good. Mexican holding midfield player. Looks very tidy. Kudus looks good. Overall, I think we've spent the money really, really well. And as we have done the past couple of seasons, we've got Tim Stiton in the new sporting director. Uh, again, is the, the, the striker is just the big elephant in the room that makes any chat about transfers awkward because it's like, you know, we, we're sort of, we're punching above our weight or our, our our recruitment is Champions League quality in goal, in defence and in midfield. And then as soon as up front, we're like National League. It's embarrassing that we can't <laughs> sign a striker who fits David Moyes' style. Since Marco Arnautovic left, He's the last proper centre-forward that we had at West Ham. And if we had... I mean, he plays for Inter Milan now. If we had Arnautovic at the moment, uh, it would be... We'd be smashing it up even more so than we are. You look at Ollie Watkins at Aston Villa now, where he's doing even Everton Ferguson at Brighton, which is about the level West Ham sort of want to be. And they've got proper centre-forwards who can bang the ball in the net. So, yeah, spent the money really, really well in all of the other positions but still embarrassing that we've got 34-year-old converted right back in Nicole Antonio playing up front ahead of 125 grand a week. Danny Ings, who should never wear a West Ham shirt again after his performance at Olympiacos. I, I want to talk a bit about uh, a signing you made a couple of seasons ago, Sai Ben Rama, obviously Brentford link there. We, us Brentford fans, have a vested interest in sort of how he gets on. Scored in the Europa League Conference Final last year, but this season has struggled to get into the team from from what I was looking at. And to be honest, when, when you when you took him off us and it was Moyes in charge, I didn't think he was the manager to get the best out of him in terms of how Moyes plays. What what have you made of Saeed Benrahma? Because honestly, if you speak to any Brentford fan, I can speak on behalf of all Brentford fans when I say he's the best player I've ever seen in a Brentford shirt in my lifetime, easily. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I sort of, I don't, well, I probably am your right man, I guess, because you'll, <clears> you'll get quite an honest... I, I can't stand him, to be honest. Uh, and, but I, I, do th I do agree with what you said, right? I do think there's an element of that he's not particularly a David Moyes player, right? Um, I'm not overly sure how involved David Moyes was in the signing of Ben Rama, as in how sold he was on him or whether or not he actually wanted him. I don't know that for certain, but I've, 
heard enough noises to suggest there's a little bit of fire to go with the smoke that he perhaps wasn't that keen on him. And you only have to look at Jared Bowen, right, who thrives under David Moyes. He's a far more physical, direct player who but does his defense, the defensive work required of him and he's a lot more direct and he has end product, right? He's sort of less glamorous and mercurial and shiny than mm-hmm. Saeed Ben-Rama is. But I I wouldn't care if Saeed Ben-Rama never played for West Ham again. The All right, he scored in the Conference League final, but it was a penalty. Last season was probably his best year. The, the, I genuinely think that the... He was unlucky the first year. People blamed David Moyes, but he came in when Jesse Lingard was playing for us in that position, absolutely on fire. So we probably didn't need him then. And there was no need. That was probably, I thought, the biggest case he had to get in the team. But there was you didn't drop Jesse Lingard the way he was playing. So it was just like, yeah, you probably do warrant a, um, more game time than you're getting, mate, based on your performances. But you're not getting in ahead of Lingard. Look at what he's doing. He's scoring most weeks, assisting every week. He's absolutely mustered. Like you're not, we're not going to drop him. So bad luck. Since then, I, I'm, I just find it so infuriating, and I, it's really weird because he really polarizes West Ham fans. You'll have some who like passionately argue for him, and never have football takes baffled me as much as they do when West Ham fans. Because I, you know, I watch every most. I'm at most West Ham games, home games certainly. I get to a, a reasonable amount of away games. I always watch them if they're live on telly, you know. Um, so I see a lot of him, and I just don't understand it because he's an attacking midfield player or an attacking winger. His returns are terrible, and the amount of times that he gets the ball, he will do a little bit of skill or work himself a little bit of space on that left hand side. And go to swing in a dangerous cross, and he'll just there's players queuing up to just glance a header in if he puts a decent ball in, and he just spoons it out for a goal kick. It just massively overhits it, or he's on the edge of the penalty area, and he's got players running in. He's got options either side of him, and he'll just he'll have a, sh- a rubbish waste of a shot and smashes it over the bar, like. Good positions are difficult to come by in Premier League football these days, like promising attacking positions. And the amount of those that are wasted by Saeed Ben-Rama when he gets in those positions is so infuriating for me. You watch, you give Jared Bowen the ball and you're excited about what he's going to do. And he more often than not makes something happen. Even if it doesn't result in a goal or an assist, something happens that's close or unlucky. The amount of unforced errors Ben Rama does off his own back is just ridiculous now. And I, I do think there's an element of not being very confident. And I don't think David Moyes likes him. And I think he feels that as well. Uh, so no, if he never wore a West Ham shirt again, I wouldn't care. And he's one of the most frustrating players I've ever seen play for us. And it makes it more annoying, I think, that less so this season, because I think more people are coming around to it. But in years gone past, where my fellow fans have been so split. It's like 50-50 of either people going, he, he's terrible, what's the point of having him on? And others going, he's the best player we've got. And I think it's just because he does some stepovers every now and then, and people think that's what football's about. Jared Bone doesn't do that. Pablo Fornells, who would have been my choice over Ben Rama the season's gone by, doesn't. they don't do anything fancy 
but they're better at football and your team wins more when they're on the pitch instead of Ben Rama. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's like the, the joke of our podcast that <laughs> my vendetta against Ben Rama. But, I, yeah, it's just his time's up at West Ham, I think. I think you're right. He perhaps isn't a Moyes player. I don't care if he never, ever plays for us again. He's playing less this season. And people have seen with Mohamed Kudus, he's had a huge impact already. And they go, oh, yeah, perhaps that's what an attacking midfield player should look like and should be doing. And he's only played a handful of minutes. It's interesting to see hear you say that maybe Moyes wasn't too involved in the signing of Ben Rama because obviously when when it when it broke that he was going to be going to West Ham, we all just thought this is just the wrong this is the wrong move for him. You mentioned yeah. that he's frustrating, and I do get that. But in a system where he's allowed to have a free role, which he's never going to be allowed to in in West Ham yeah. in David Moyes' West Ham, he's he's not going to be allowed that freedom. But I I tell you now, I know you find him frustrating. You don't like him. But I would go to the games at Griffin Park when we were there and I would get excited just for seeing what he was going to do that day. He's one of the few players I've ever seen that can pick up a ball, beat five man and then put it in the top corner. Um, I, I would argue, I agree, I would argue that was in the championship as well. And yeah, I think it was, is, it was, yeah, correct. He is also one of those players, I think, look, I have no doubt there's some talent in there. But yeah, I think in a Moyes system, he's not a player for a Moyes system. And I... I also think that his confidence lacks somewhat, but I and I also think as some players just happens right, they find their level, and I think Syed Ben Rama's level is at a is at a Crystal Palace or maybe even a back at Brentford. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a, a bottom half of the table. No, I'm not being disrespectful, but a, not really threatened with relegation. But a, 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 a yeah, what do, what do you mean. call it? A third quarter of the Premier League table, like the top half of the bottom half. I think that's his level. Jared Bowen, we bought him from Hull in the Championship, and he stepped on again and proved he was a Premier League player and he was ready for it. I think Side Ben Rama goes to Crystal Palace or back to Brentford and finishes twelfth to fourteenth in the Prem for the rest of his days. I think that's his level. Whereas I think Jared <laughs> Bowen is a is a Europa League sort of you know may even go if he pushes on again he may go to Liverpool as like Jota did and and kick on again but Ben Rama will never be better than than a team like in fighting in the lower top half of the Premier League table definitely not oh well I, I, I don't know I'm gonna have to disagree with you mate I, I, I'd love absolutely love it if if sorry Ben Rama came back to Brentford and I think he'd go on levels just because I know how Thomas Frank would want him to play and I, but I think... where would you finish with him like not being I'm much, not being disrespectful. But, but, but the thing is, you, you say this, but we, we had Ollie Watkins who scored 25 goals in the championship and now yeah. look what he's doing. Um, we had Ivan yeah, Tony who scored 25, 30-odd goals in the championship. Look what he's doing. But yeah, they made... Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins still, made the... Uh, Tony, unproven? No, but as in like, he's, he's not as good as Watkins, is he? Oh... I don't know, mate. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think there, there's a big debate to be had there whether Ivan Tony is as good as Ollie Watkins. I think he's better, in, but they are kind of two different players. Watkins likes to go in behind, yeah. Um, whereas Tony is, is I would say, is all round players better. He's more like a poor man's Harry Kane, I would actually say. Uh, whereas Watkins is a different kind of player. But the thing is, is that Watkins made the right move to go to Villa. Yeah. Um, and he's thrived in that system. If Tony, when he does go, wherever he goes in January, whether it be Chelsea or United or wherever he goes, he's going to be going into a team where they're going to get far more chances, going to kick on. But when Rama kind of made, for me, the level that he was at at Brentford, if West Ham was the wrong club to go to, he could have, he could have been going to a top half club and be playing in a more attacking team. Whereas David Moyes is a bit more reluctant to give a player that much responsibility in a team. Not, not, as in, 
more responsibility in the sense that he has a completely free role. So just give him the ball. Just get, he, he's, and I know you don't rate him, but just if you saw what the player that I saw in the championship, and I know there is a step up, but if you saw the player that I saw in the championship, you would be thinking this, this guy, this guy's Champions League quality easily. Yeah, I just think, I honestly just think that the, the, when you're playing against Barnsley, you're going to look better. Or, or Cardiff, you're going to look better. Or you know what I mean? There's an element of that. Oh, who have you got this week? Huddersfield. Oh, who have you got? Oh, Chelsea. All oh, right, okay. And but look, and you're right. It. I don't think West Ham probably was the right club for him. Really, um, the closest we've ever got to letting someone have a free role was that season with Lingard, which is ironically when Ben Rama probably looked the best for us, and was just unlucky. But yeah. David Moyes, I, I, perhaps he isn't the best manager for him. But then I, I don't think there's too many clubs these days. You know, put it this way, mate, right? I think if he was that good and he was just being treated poorly at West Ham, there'd have been far more interest in him. There hasn't been a single report linking Ben Rama with another club since he joined West Ham in any of the windows. If he was that good and other teams, big good teams, knew he was that good and that he was being wasted at West Ham, There'd be interest in teams trying to come and take him away. There's not been a single report of someone fancying him other than sort of spurious and fanciful reports linking him back to Brentford. And I I don't disagree that that would work. I don't really watch enough of Brentford to know whether you could afford that luxury player to just let him do do what he wants. Um, And I do agree that I think he would... He is and would be better in a team who has more of the ball. West Ham don't. I don't. You know, I don't disagree with the the fact that West Ham perhaps isn't the best system for him. I also think his confidence is on the floor, and all of that leads to whenever I watch him, I'm just like I, I'm going. I don't. When he comes off the bench and we're chasing a game, I'm like, what's the point? There's no point of. There's no point anymore. So yeah, perhaps I, I would love to see him move, and I think we will because. Four nails will go, Kudus will go, we'll sign another player in that position and and we'll we'll see the back of him. And look, you know, I'm happy to come on again in a couple of seasons if he goes either to Brentford or he goes to... But that's the thing, mate. He's not going to Tottenham. He's not going to Brighton. No. He's not going to Villa. He's not going to any of the teams who are at West Ham's level or higher at the moment. And there's a reason for that. Whereas Bowen... You wouldn't be surprised. I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him go to Liverpool in a year or two when Salah goes because he's that good. That, that's sort of what Ben Rahman's being compared to week in, week out, which, yeah, is uh, why I think he's absolutely rubbish. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of Brentford fans listening to this who are definitely going to have some issues with with the with the West Ham rhetoric on Ben Rahman because we, we absolutely love him. But I guess maybe in a couple of seasons' time, if he, if he does make that sensational move back I will to come back we, on we right? can have another if we can Saeed have another ben conversation Rama ever about finishes it. <laughs> in the team I, I genuinely right if Saeed Ben Rama will never ever finish fifth or above in the Premier League ever ever I'm going to clip this up I'm going to, I'm going to clip this up and we'll, we'll move yeah. on because I could I could debate Ben Rama all day but uh, what have you, you said you haven't watched too much of Brentford this season um what what have you what have you made of our start to the season without watching us too much I mean it's kind of even a mixed bag I was telling the Chelsea podcast that we can't that we had on the last week that we've not actually played too badly in any, in any of the games. Um, only against Everton we, did we have a bad game and we got punished mm. for it. But in terms of the football we're actually playing, we, we've we've done really well so far, and our recent form is uh, is testament to that. So, what have you made of Brentford so far this season? 
Well, to be honest, mate, I, I put Brian and Buemo and Yair and Wisser in my fantasy team at the beginning of the season. And I was buzzing the first few games. There were a couple of differentials. No one else really had them. Um, I was absolutely delighted. But then it seemed to sort of flake off a bit. He had a couple of difficult games um, as well, to be fair. And, and it all of a sudden looked like the gloss was was coming off and you were perhaps going to settle and end up finishing 13th or whatever, which I'm you know, sure is a really, like, decent enough finish. For, for you guys. But yeah, so I I really like Brentford, to be honest. I know everyone probably really likes Brentford. <laughs> I remember being at um, Thomas Frank's unveiling, uh, his first ever press conference. It was me and about two other journalists in there. And uh, I re- from then, I really liked him. I got a really good feeling about him. He was a really positive bloke. And it was sort of like, oh, you've got big shoes to fill after Dean Smith there. But he's completely outstripped, uh, it seems, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, what Dean Smith done. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's I think it's a really, really positive, feel-good story of a club that's run properly and you do your recruitment properly and uh, that's bearing fruit on the pitch. I know you've got a, uh, you've got a sort of a genius owner, as, as Brighton have got. Um, you know, they, I think they used to work together, didn't they, Tony yeah. Bloom? And, uh, and you know, and I, I really like it. I think it's great. It's, it's a real feel good. Your, your stadium's cool. Your fans are not complete weirdos. I've just had an Arsenal view on, so uh, you know, I know what I'm comparing with. Um, I mean, it's really good. I I just felt that oh, perhaps you were going to settle a little bit and it would be a bottom half of the table thing. But I think what you've done is great. No one's talking about you as relegation hopes. There were sort of rumours about Thomas Frank being fancied by big teams, and that's quite clear to understand why that would be um so no I, I i think yeah a really impressive side we haven't won away at brentford in the prem i don't think since you've been back in the mix um we won you haven't beat brentford cup. in the prem no well yeah well, <laughs> there, there we go exactly so no i've got a lot of respect for, for brentford what you've done um and i don't you know i'd be more than happy sort of i think that's sort of a sign of it we want to finish in the top half or the European places. And I still am going into the game thinking I'd be happy with the point. Yeah. It's one that I constantly remind my West Ham friends is that West Ham are yet to get a point against Brentford in the Premier League, which, uh, and I've got a few Even West a Ham point. mates. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, We've got four, four played four wins. Um, I, I love, I love winding him up about that, which is, uh, which is yeah, good. Final one nice. for me, mate, cause we've been going on for a while now, but final one. Um, <clears throat> what are you expecting? Something different on, on Saturday or is it, is it going to be, is it going to be another loss to Brentford in the premise? It's, I think you might be the only team that we've we haven't we've we've won all of our games against in the prem so far. Um, so what what are you thinking? I know we we've, we've kind of had a turnaround in form the right way. You've kind of slipped in the other direction. So what are you expecting? Well, I don't know when this is going out. We've obviously got Arsenal in the League Cup Wednesday. I don't know how that's going to go, um, or what team we'll play. I think Moyes sort of forced himself into playing a strong team because he can't afford to get humped 4-0, which could have a knock-on effect to the Brentford game in that some of our players are a bit more tired. Who knows? Have you got a cup game this week? No, we were knocked out by Arsenal. So, Oh, right. Sorry. Of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm not sure. I, I, I do feel with Brentford this season, as I guess has been shown, you've got a really good performance in you, but you're beatable as well, losing at home to Everton. So, I guess... It feels like as well, given those stats you just sort of wheeled out, that you're due a bad game against us. So I'm sort of hoping we can bank that this weekend 
Um, yeah, we need to find something from somewhere. It's under David Moyes. He has one thing he has done is pulled out a result when he really needs one. He hasn't done that Everton. I was surprised. I thought we'd walk over Everton because we'd had a couple of dodgy ones. Um, so, yeah, I've just sort of, it could be on paper, it looks like a Brentford defeat. I'd be buzzing with a draw, but it could also be one of those ones where you have a bit of an off day, which West Ham could do with, and Moisey pulls one out of the bag and it's not all so doom and gloom anymore. And we're sort of on the whole going in the right direction. So I am, there's a tiny little bit in my mind that goes, oh, you know, we could get a win it, but I would snap your arm off for a one all right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, mate. You make it, you making a trip down? No, no. So I went to Greece uh, last week, done doing Everton and Arsenal this week. So I've got to work at some point in amongst all that. So yeah, the Brentford one had to had to take the hit. That's all right, mate. I've heard our, I've heard our away end isn't as good. Um, well, be difficult to beat Griffin Park because I've heard that away end was one of the best. But uh, apparently, mm, our new one isn't isn't amazing. So let's hope um, let's hope for a good game more than anything. Uh, and I'd hope for a Brentford win. You're on the Brentford podcast, so we've got we've got to hope for a Brentford win. But with the Edinburgh podcast will be back. Uh, next week to obviously go over the West Ham game and also look ahead to the Liverpool game on Sunday. Will, mate, thanks for so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, um, the 10th yeah. time they've made it! They've Thank won you, a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Podcast Network.